owe two things. One, I'm not sure if we're going to get through everything this morning. Um, yep. And two, uh, your participation determines that. But, and two, we're going to have, we're going to have a prayer service at the end. And that's the main reason is we want to, we want to gather around and pray um, over uh, any, really anybody's life. This morning specifically, we want to pray over Gabby's life and uh, pray over her, her mind, her, her spirit, and her body and ask God for some things. So I want to make sure that we have time uh, to do that and gather around together. Sound good? Good? So, uh, Unity. Hmm, we could go a long way. God created all of you in this room extremely unique. Some of you a little more unique than others. But unique in personality. You have a unique setting, meaning you were raised in a different situation. I see people in the room who had money growing up, not money growing up, parents growing up, not parents growing up. This situation, that's, I mean, all over, different situations. You all have different, different gifts and talents, things that you're good at. You all have different ways of thinking about everything that are unique. Only, only, like, this is the crazy thing to think in the room. You're the only one in the room that can think like you. Because nobody in the room experienced everything that you experienced the exact way, same way that you experienced it. That was and is on purpose. When God said in Genesis 1, let us make man in our image, he said, let us make mankind to reflect like we are. God the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we are different. However, we are perfectly one. We play different roles, but we are perfectly one. We were made. We were made to be different. But listen, we live in a world that is dead set on covering up what makes you unique and making you assimilate to its path. The enemy has stolen from you and me. Stolen the very things that God intended to come together in biblical unity that makes the product amazing. Amazing. I want to talk about the Tower of Babel this morning. Going way back. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 11. Now, yeah. Unity, this idea of unity. I just want to let you know that I'm not going to be able to define it, nor am I going to try to define it in a way that, try, that gets the gravity of unity. Uh, it, it, 
It's almost like, uh, I think last time we talked about, about this, I said, it's like the word love. When I say the word love, we're like, oh, I love pizza. You know, I love this. I love, like, the gravity of that word is something that we don't grasp. Humans don't really grasp many times until deathbed. Like that word of truly choosing someone over yourself. But unity is much the same way. It, like unity to us, especially in the church context, I know there's folks that have grown up in the church and, church and, and folks that haven't, but unity is, is often spoke of um, in believing the same exact thing in the same exact way. And if we can do that, we're unified. We like the same things. We have the same culture. Then we're unified. We have the same mentality for most situations and how we would deal with it. We ignore our different thoughts and our ideas and our origins, but we smile face to face because we want unity. Does that sound like the image of the creator God who made all things and created us in his image? How many of you read your, your you got young kids, you read them books? Yada, yada, yada. How many of you learn stuff and you're like, that's cool? Yesterday I learned that there was, what, 900 and something kinds of crickets. There are over 900 different, not whatever, types of crickets. And they all serve different purposes for different reasons. They're crickets. What do you say? Yes, crickets can tell you the temperature. For real, if you ever see one, just be like, hey, yo, what's the temperature? And he'd be like, hey, what's up, man? It's 89. It's crazy. But, but listen, those are crickets. They live under cinder blocks and logs, and they're good for brim to eat on your fish hook. Like, those are crickets. Does the type of unity that I'm, I'm talking about and we want to discover, the type of unity that God put in human beings created in his image when he creates that many different types of this little small thing for us to just be dead set on thinking alike and assimilation and by the way when I use the word assimilation I mean everybody's got to think and act and live the same way I mean does that sound like the God that we're talking about not at all What about people who this morning all over our country are going to group up together based on what they like, how they vote, how they were raised, and how much money they have or their culture, but stamp Jesus' name on it? Does that sound like the unity that Jesus asked for in John 17 when he says, Father God, make them one as we are. One. A unity that we can't even grasp. It's beyond our wildest imagination. Like we can't, we can't even think like, like that. It, it doesn't even process. But it is the unity that the scripture calls for. It certainly isn't the unity that half the, the New Testament calls for, which is directing and trying to get people from different cultures and backgrounds, likes and dislikes, to be unified and love one another. I mean, the whole most of the New, New Testament is basically saying, hey, you're... 
a white guy from here, and you look like this, and you like this, and you have this situation, and you're a Hispanic, and you have this situation, and you grew up this way, and you speak this language, and you're black, and you think this way, and you grew up, the, the whole New Testament is saying, hey, like, you have more in common with each other than anyone else in the world, even if they look exactly like you, and think like you, and like, have the same background as you. You have more in common because of Jesus. Like the whole New Testament is saying, hey, this is not what I wanted. Like this is not what it is. You're stealing from each other to make sure that nobody messes with your idols. You're stealing from each other. And it certainly isn't the kind of unity that is proof that we belong to the God of the universe. Because in order to even somewhat portray the unity that God calls for and designed us for, it has to be supernatural. Like it legitimately has to be to the rest of the world who looks in and says, they shouldn't be together. They shouldn't like each other. They, they shouldn't hang out with each other. Their families shouldn't celebrate holidays together. They, dot, dot, dot. But it's that type of unity and that type of love for one another that makes the rest of the world say there's got to be something different because the world cannot produce that. It will not. It cannot. It will not. It never will. It won't. I'm telling you, but the church, we live the same way very often. And we use Jesus' name. So let's look at the Tower of Babel and do some digging. Because we have a joyful morning of seeing just a little bit about what God intended and how like, seems like a shallow word, but f how fun that is. And how insane it is at the same time. So, Genesis chapter 11. I'm going to read verses 1 through 9. I'm going to read it through, then we're going to pray, and then we're going to dig. All right? Now the whole earth used the same language and the same words. And it came about as they journeyed east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. <clears throat> and they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they used brick for stone and they used tar for mortar. And they said, Come, let us build for ourselves a city and a tower whose top will reach into heaven. And let us make for ourselves a name, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see in the city of the tower which the sons of men had built. Or, and the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they all have the same language. And this is what they began to do. And now nothing which they purpose will be impossible for them. God says, Come, let us go down there and confuse their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad. From there, over the face of the whole earth, and they stopped building the city. Therefore, 
its name was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of the whole earth, and from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of the whole earth. This is a theme all throughout the Word of God, the idea of unity. And if it doesn't stretch you, either me or you ain't doing it right. If it doesn't challenge you, then either me or you, we ain't doing it right. I want you to know, though, that in God's grace and mercy, it is a process of discovery. Because the enemy has stolen different things in different ways from all of us. And God's renewing us. It's difficult. But it is absolutely God honoring. For God's people, there has to be more unity that we have seen and felt in the last four years. Where the only place that exists among believers is where everyone agrees not to touch your idols. Lord, will you stretch us this morning? Will you um, just speak? God, I know that this, this message is... It's broad. There's a lot to it. But I believe, God, that specifically there are things that you want to communicate to each of us, have us grab onto, that for our step in our journey with you is to bring us life this morning. And so I just pray that you would bring that to us. God, I pray for this church and how if our unity is the very thing that proves your existence, in a world in a world that denies it, then God, I know, we know, and you tell us that the enemy continually wants to destroy our unity and break the mirror that reflects you. So God, I just pray for this church that you would be King Jesus, you would be the thing that draws our attention, that we rally around, and that we love more than anything else. And God, I pray this morning that weight would come off of us. It's in your name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> mm. Man, we were created intentionally different, unique, all walks of life look so many different ways. We have so many different things in our life that make up who we are. But this unity that I'm talking about where Genesis 1.26 says, I, let's create mankind in our image. There's a subtle hint there that we, we got to grasp on before we move forward. And it's the fact that unity can only come when our identity is in our creator. So just to let you know, like the overall thing is when he gives us our identity, we come to the world in a place of giving because we have gotten. Otherwise, we turn away and we steal from each other to try to fill our cup.
So we can't, I, I want to get that foundationally there before we move forward into, um, into this. Because I, I think that <clears throat> oftentimes we, we just end up trying to solve the wrong problems. Any of you ever tried to solve a wrong problem before? I bought some parts for my truck. And you're like, oh, he's going to use his truck as an example again? Yes, it breaks a lot. And it's a great example. Because it tests my patience, tests my salvation. It te- I mean, it does all kind of stuff. So it was making this knocking noise, and it, the front right wheel was wiggling so bad that I had two people pull up beside me and be like, hey. Rolled down the window, and I was like, I'm about to get shot. But she was like, your wheel's wiggling. I'm like, is that bad you can tell? Yep. And then I'm driving down 72nd, and somebody else stops me. I was like, you know what? I guess I might as well fix this. Because driving down the road and doing that real fast to get it back in line to make it that maybe that's not the way I need to deal with it. You know how that goes, right? It worked. We went back in line and it would, it would go. So I ended up getting these parts for it. And I got the parts because I looked under the truck and, and I could see that there was some loose stuff. And I was like, this is the thing that's loose. I got it, drove it, and I'd be daggone if somebody else didn't say, hey, your wheel's wiggling. And I was like, I can feel it! It made me so mad because it, I mean, it took forever. I don't know if you've ever, like, tried to get some sort of bolt apart that's been rusted by Kansas and Missouri weather, but, like, it was horrible. It was a terrible experience. But I was like, I got to go, I got to go fix this thing again. So I went and, you know, I fixed the actual real problem, and it works now, and it's fine. It doesn't pop, and it doesn't wiggle anymore. It may not be aligned well. But it po- doesn't pop and doesn't wiggle. And yes, I'm going to get that fixed. So, yeah. we have to understand the problem and get a grasp of the problem and see the problem to try to find a solution. Because the church is very guilty of just trying to assimilate over religious things rather than be unified around God. Does that make sense? And it's because we feel like the problem is, well, we don't, we don't want to unify. We, 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 we just all need to think alike, and then things will be peaceful. And I'm just telling you, we're building the Tower of Babel. Like, this is the same thing. So let's, let's jump into that. I'm getting ahead of myself, which is normal. I want to get some observations. Um, I want to look at some of the meanings that we can pull out of this. And then I want, just want to look real quickly at what can say about unity. <clears throat> 11, 1 and 2, it says, Now the whole earth... The whole earth used the same language and the same words. And it came about as they journeyed east that they found a plain uh, in the land of Shinar and they settled there. Now, this is after sin, okay? This is after sin. Sin has already entered the world. The idea of selfishness and I don't need you, God, and hating your brother. Like, all of that, that stuff's already happened. But it goes to great lengths by using the same word, same, twice. Now, the whole earth used the same language and the same words. It is letting us know specifically that, hey, after sin, they were actually pretty unified. They're pretty unified. Same words, same place, same language. They found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they all settled there. And they said to one another, come, let us 
make bricks, burn them thoroughly. And they use brick for stone, and they use tar for mortar. It's a new type of technology. It's a lot of energy. It's almost like the first time that a man made fire, or a woman made fire, whatever. Or the first time that someone made a, made a wheel. I mean, this is power. Like, we've got random Good Morning America folks going to the moon now. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is technology that is earth... I mean, talk about humans. Like, you've got to feel really good about yourself. Now, making a brick doesn't seem like that big a deal to us now, but that was a big deal then, you know? It's like the first guy who ate a donut. Let us burn bricks, burn them thoroughly. They use brick for stone, and they use tar for mortar. Lots of energy, new new technology. In verse 4, they said, Come, let us build for ourselves a city and a tower whose top will reach into heaven, and let us make for ourselves a name, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. I want to let you know, this is the same lie and direction that came in the garden. Because God said, let us make man. But what do these people say with their bricks and new technology? Let us. Let us build for ourselves a city and a tower whose top will reach into heaven. Why does it tell us that it, so that the top will reach into heaven? Why, why is that? So that they, because back, back in, in that time, the higher you got, it's almost like the more spiritual you got or the more close to God you got, the more close you were to life, right? It was very odd because now we go to the mountains, we're like, well, all right, that's cool. But there was a big deal to them. They would build things so they could go up. So in their mind, it was like, we're going to have life. We're going to go after and achieve the crowning achievement and finally have peace and life and goodness and all this stuff. And that was just the way they thought. That's the way they, they operated. Much like the same way we think with any new technology that we have, FYI. Ring true? Oh, we got this new idea. This is, this is oh yeah, this is going to solve the problem. This is going to make humanity right. Same thing. Same thing. So, in this city, let us make a place for us. Same language is used in Genesis 126 when God says, let us. It says, we will have ability never seen before. We'll make a name for ourselves. And this is a good one. Lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. What did God tell Adam and Eve to do? Multiply and what? Fill the earth. I made you intentionally to move about this whole place. And you're going to be different. God knew that people were different. He made them that way. Because there's no way you have the same culture up in what would be Russia, where it's zero degrees, and then how you have around the equator. Like, people think differently. People operate different. There's different foods. There's different things that you appreciate and enjoy. Like, it's just God said, go and express my unique creation across the whole earth and enjoy what I made. And you know what they said? We're going to stop here and we're, we're going to build a tower so that we don't have to do what God tells us. Like the Tower of Babel was literally saying, God, don't need you, don't want you, we're good. 
Verse 5, God enters the story. By the way, God's not like surprised. He wasn't like walking down aisle four and peered down the side. It's like, well, daggum, they're building a tower. That's not, that was really southern, sorry. Uh, That's not what God did. Like, it's not a surprise. But it's using this language to tell us something because... In in verse 5, it says, The Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people. Again, letting us know, hey, post-sin, right? Where everybody's supposed to be just stabbing each other. Post-sin, they're together. They are one people and they all have the same language. And this is what they began to do. And now nothing which they purpose to do will be impossible for them. What is God saying there? He said, I made them to want to unify. That's hardwired into who they are. The problem is not unity. The problem is what we unify around. Like, that's the problem. Like, we often say the world just wants to divide us. I'm here to tell you, the world wants to assimilate you in a line. They may use division to make you do that, but that's the end goal. And often... We try to fight that and just think that, well, the world just wants to divide us. I'm like, no, 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 no. We need to think deeper about this because what God God is, what the enemy is doing is trying to get us in lockstep with one another. And by the way, in the the time when Jesus returns, the whole world will, will be united together in lockstep in a way that says, just like it did at Babel, we don't need you, we don't want you, We're good. This theme plays out over and over and over again. Nazi Germany. This is the same spirit. We are going to steal from people and who they are to make sure that the whole rest of the world is in lockstep together and then finally everything will be good. Sound like Rome to you? Sound like superpowers basically throughout history. Listen, y'all, this is the same thing. It is the same exact phenomenon that goes on and on and on. Right now in our country, we're literally fighting each other because of the very things that God gave us to appreciate and to have a part of the puzzle that looks beautiful. And we, as believers, we, we have to look under the surface and realize that the, what the enemy is up to is way, way, way more shrewd than we think. This is what they began to do, and nothing will, which they purpose to do will be impossible for them. Now, this is awesome, because this verse 7 says, come let us. So it revisits that language. God's like, hey, you say let us? Fine. I'll say let us. I made everything. He says, let us go down, and we'll confuse their language, that they may not understand one another, may not understand their speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from over the face of the whole earth, and they stopped building the city, which, by the way, is a decent lesson, because when God wants you to do something, you're more than likely going to do it. It may not be the way you want to do it, but you're going to do it. He's just, he's a big deal. 
you know? And I guess before we go down the road of thinking, well, God's just going to make us. Sounds terrible. I'm like, well, he, he literally knows what's best for us. It's kind of a, a give and take there of understanding. So I wanted to make some observations about this, this story. What do we see? I, I think it's easy to see that we were absolutely hardwired. We were designed to be together. We were designed to want to lean on each other and to belong. We are designed for that. You, you feel it. All of you felt it when you were in fifth grade, the first time that you realized that you shouldn't be wearing sweatpants, but you should be wearing jeans because you need to look good for your classmates because you want them to like you. Amen? I'm telling you. Some of you are like, I still don't do that. Everybody's got their different things, but you know what I mean. Some, some people are like, I'm wearing sweatpants now. <laughs> Me and my wife went on a date last night to Granite City, and I had sweatpants and a sweatshirt, and I was like, sorry to kill the vibe. <laughs> but we were, that's what it was. So anyway, uh, anyway, <clears throat> what was I saying? Anyway, we were designed to lean on each other, to want to be together. We were designed to want to be accepted. You all, we've all experienced that in so many ways. Like, it's the reason why we're so anxious through high school. And nothing really changes once you go through the rest of your life. You still just want to belong. It's hardwired into us. And I'm telling you, God made that to be a directing, like, force design in our in our lives, the problem is that we do, not have, we do not know how to do that by ourselves. The only thing that we, try, that we can do is try to make everybody look the same. And you all know, I know in this room, there are so many things in your life that throughout your life, you've had to continually deny and push down in some way, shape, or form because it didn't fit. I'm not talking about half-truths and untruths. I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. I'm not talking about, I, I believe this about God and that's cool and I believe this about God. No, 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 no. Like, he's still God. He still, like, designed everything. The way he calls the shots. But our role in it and our response to it is going to look different, be different, and portray something a little, just a little different. And that's the beauty of it. So we are hardwired for it. <clears throat> the problem is not that we naturally want to divide. The problem is that we continually want to crowd up around the wrong thing. Sin doesn't cause us to divide, but it causes us to unify around something other than our creator God. This is something crazy. God actually created and started division. God did that. If I said right now, let's all go to Menards, half of you would be like, yes. But if I said everybody, we're all going to go to Menards, right? And uh, just say I'm some sort of leader that you should listen to for the sake of the story. Like, hey, we're all going to go to Menards. And then I go outside 
and one by one, you're going out of the driveway and turning left. Like all of you. And I'm in the back, you know, like, oh, we're going to Menards, save big money. And they're all going left. And I'm like, it's not that way. Like, where are you going? Right? Like, wait, that's not even, that's not even the right way. And so it's all right, fine. Since if y'all are all going to follow each other the wrong way for the next thousand miles, I'm going to divide you up so that if you get lost, you won't get as lost because you won't have as much power behind you with 20 people. That's what God did here. If y'all are going the wrong direction, I'll make you go the wrong direction with less power. He saved us from ourselves. Every time that a new power strikes the head off of leadership of, an, of another power and creates a new country, it is literally the head of a snake cutting off the head of another snake. And it just births another one. It cycles again. And it, do y'all see this? I, I know I'm like talking really, yeah. But does that, does that make sense? Like, do we see these dynamics? Like, it happens again and again and again and again and over and over and over. But God did that so that we wouldn't all continually unify around the wrong thing in such a way, not that he couldn't intervene, but in such a way that we close ourselves off from his goodness. Like almost close the door. Listen, that's crazy to think about for a second, that God created this unity in that sense, the tribalism. I'm from here, I'm from there. You know, this is the way I think. This is how much money I have. This is how much, whatever. But God, God did that. But that wasn't the end of the story, which we'll get more into next week. But it's just, that was just really an awesome thing to think about. Like, wow, he, he's, he's the one who did that. He saved us from ourselves. Mm-hmm. I've said it many times already, uh, but another observation is that many of our attempts, it, it literally looks, it looks just like Babel. Who, like, who, listen, who tried to find a solution to the past two or three years of our life? Every single human. Everybody's like, just get me out of this mess. Right? In some way, shape, or form, get me out of this mess. And what was going on the whole time? Everybody's trying to convince each other of what the solution is. Sound familiar? Everybody. From all of the issues that we've dealt with. We're just building the Tower of Babel over and over and over again. And we're just using different reasons to do it. We're using different things, idols, different technologies to do it around. And I'll be honest with you, I don't think the church, in, at least in our context, has cared to let our idols go enough to really ask God, what do you want? Like, truly, what do you want? I can't speak for any other church, but I know that unity and multiply, we've wanted it to be as important of a narrative 
as it is in the Word of God all over it. And yeah, we don't do everything perfect by any means, by any stretch of the imagination. But I will say that I see people around the room who want Jesus to be the thing that we identify with over others. And I will say that we are in an amazingly unique position because of where we're at and the fact that we have so many different types of folks in our own community that there are a lot of churches that don't have, and I'm not, it's nothing bad against them. Like you go to a church out in the middle of Podunk, Kansas, like most everybody's going to look the same, eat the same, and be mostly the same. There's nothing wrong with that. Like that's culture. That's fine. Nothing wrong with culture. What I'm saying is, though, is that we are surrounded by so many people who look different than us. And I'm telling you, Multiply Church, when you value God, he's your identity over anything else, and you begin to love one another in a way that, it, oh my gosh, when you begin to love one another in a way that looks at the world and says, I don't want that, I want this. When you begin to love each other in a way that says, you know what, I've always thought this way, but maybe I can listen and hear what you have to say about something. When we live in a way, to when we look at someone who's different than us, and we're like, you know what, me actually learning to love you and you learning to love me is the job. Like, that's the job. Like, that's our calling. Like, that's the point. You do that and you portray to the rest of this community. God is better than everything else than you think. He's bigger than anything else than you can imagine. He's more powerful than anything else that you could rally around. He's bigger. He's more. He's better. And there's so many things that the enemy has stolen from us that God wants to give us and say, Strange, I made you like this, this, and this, and I want to show you what that means for the kingdom of God because it is good. And the way that you think this way, you know what? Like, all right, so... Maybe, maybe that's, that, that, that's some way that we need to, to bring back to the word of Scripture and, and whatever it may be. But, you know, I'm, I'm going uh, to use Jessica in the Bible study, and she's going to be a part of, of your life in such a way that I'm going to refine you and remake you to, where, and, and to a point where you are, like, seeing God's design for your life. And you're like, wow, for the first time I know who I am. But then the same for you, Jessica, where you have some situation where you think this way because you were born this way and you... I was born this way. When you were, you know, like you grew up in this context and that context, and, but she shares something with you that you've never thought of before because you weren't raised that way. You didn't think that way. You didn't have this background. And you're like, wow, we are a better picture of the kingdom of God together. Like we, we deny that. We're so often like saying, God, we don't need you. All we need is just to come together and worship our doctrines and worship our skin colors and worship our cultures. That's bull. That's bull. Yeah. It is. And I'm telling you, like people look at me like I've got four eyes and no glasses on. When I say stuff like that, there's nothing wrong with our differences. God made them. But they are meant to be something that we give to each other and receive and we allow 
two together portray the goodness of God. And all we do is sit in our corners. What do they say? Sunday morning is the most divided morning of the week. Do you see what that represents? What that represents is the way that I think and want is important. Guys, it's not even close. And there's anything that we can come out of all this mess together. Shoot. If we could come out of this, (laughs) if we could come out of this, if we could come out of this and say, Jesus, he died to restore our identity so that I can learn to be with, love, care for, and cherish these people who I, by all means, probably shouldn't. But it's, in essence, supernatural. That's the point. If we can come out of this and say, we actually just go to God's word and see what he says about something. We don't let a political party tell us what to think about this. We don't let a whatever it is tell us about this. We go to God's word. And you know what? We go to God's word together. We go to God's word together. Like, ah, and we look for God's justice. We look for God's healing. We look for God's compassion and God's mercy. Because all we do is screw it up and build another tower that he has to tear down. We cannot unify without Christ. Without Christ, all we are is takers. With Christ, we are givers. We are givers because we know where our identity is. What makes us, us. I want you to understand this morning that we have to be very careful because 95% of the solutions that are given to us that we should rally around and be excited about, they contain aspects of God's creation and God's order and God's desire, but it's not the whole story. Sin wouldn't be enticing if it was just completely opposite, but it's just off enough. It's just off enough for, if Jesus is here, it's just off enough for us to go, ah, this is good too. Walk that way. We have to be careful. I believe that in the past three years, the church has been like, this is what we need to do. And I'm like, y'all need to sit back and think for a second and like go to God's word and pray together and talk about this because we're basing all our decisions as a church off of what other people are telling us that don't love Jesus. Like, that's huge. We got to be careful. It says to be wise as serpents, yet innocent as doves. Wise as serpents, yet innocent as doves. Jesus sent them out. He's sending us out the same way. Be wise as serpents. Like, you need to understand there's more going on than what you think. 
and you need to lean on each other and you need to depend on each other in a way with me being the center in a way that leads to life. But you also need to know that if you're going to represent me, if you represent me, then you represent grace and mercy. And you represent love. And so you are not the first to speak. You're not the first to argue. You're the first to look at somebody else and say, in your heart, in your mind, what is the enemy stolen from you and how can I be a part of that being born out in your life? That stuff ain't going to happen on Facebook. Amen. I'm going to put that on Facebook. We must be careful and we must find our identity in Christ. And we must define situations as he defines them. If the people of God would slow down and come together and say, hey, I think a little different. I come from a different background. I don't know what you mean by this. But I love you more than what I believe about that. Can you tell me about your story and why you think that way? Because truth is, both of you probably have parts that are off. <laughs> like, we're human. When, he, when Jesus is the center, when he is our identifying factor, when he is our identifying giver, then we can sit down and say, you know, it's a decent chance I'm wrong. Guys, as believers, we should live in the mentality of, it's a decent chance I'm wrong. It's a decent chance I don't know the whole story. It's a decent chance that I need to ask God what he wants to do in this situation, in this conversation. Guys, that's our calling. And I believe, I believe, and my goodness, this church was intentionally planted in a place for the purpose of communicating that to people who are divided and different. You have, we have the opportunity to portray something that is heavenly and supernatural. And that is the freaking point. Father, I thank you for this morning. Um, I thank you, God, for these people. God, I, oh, Lord, we covered a lot. I pray that whatever it is that you want to speak to the lives that are here this morning, whatever it is, God, that Whatever it is, God, that you whispered in the hearts of those here and those that are listening online, God, I just pray that you would wash over with clarity, with spiritual power to act on it. 
God, I pray that we would be free. God, I pray, Lord, that maybe even just foundationally we look to you and say, well, who did you, what did you create me to be? Because I've lived my whole life trying to cover that up. In your grace and your forgiveness and in your mercy. God, would you reveal that to us? God, would you allow us to experience this morning what it looks like, feels like to look at somebody else's soul and say, I want what's best for that. God, would you help us see those things? Father, thank you for doing what you did at Babylon, saving us from our own selves. But God, thank you for the next chapter where you say to a different group of people who thought different from a different place and you chose to begin a story of redemption. You chose to use a people to bless the whole earth. And they messed it up. Man, did they mess it up. But you continued in your faithfulness. And that that people out of that people, God, you you birthed the Savior of this world. Jesus, you're our King. And you, you modeled, lived, and died for how we should live and want to be because it's the way to life. Father, I thank you that we have that unifying factor and not just to read about, but your Spirit within us is directing us in that way I pray that you would tune us in to how it is that you're doing that I pray that you would blow our minds with how much we love other people and how their story is meant to impact our own lives and together impact others lives God that we would there'd be like a whole new world opening up to this body where we see you work and do things that it's just beyond to where people around us are like, yeah, there's got to be something either really off or just really supernatural about. And God, I, I pray for, for the sake of uh, argument, God, that it would be off and supernaturally true to you. So, uh, we thank you and praise you this morning. It is in your name.